My name is Adam Christopher. I'm the author of Star Wars Shadow of the Sith, and you are listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. Be mindful of the living force, young Padawan. A Utini Podcast Network production. But Master Yoda said I should be mindful of the future. Episode 173, The Best Padawans in Star Wars. But not at the expense of the moment. On this episode, Utini website updates. You will find out who's trying to kill you, Padme. I promise you. Star Wars news from San Diego Comic-Con. We will not exceed our mandate, my young Padawan learner. And the Utini crew talks about master and apprentice relationships in Star Wars. You spent as much time practicing your saber techniques as you your witch would rival Master Yoda as a swordsman. And now, here are your hosts. I thought I already did. Only in your mind, my better young apprentice. Eric Eilerson, Wes Jenkins, and special guest hosts Emma Park and Jared Mays. Hello, everyone! Welcome to the Living Force UTD Network podcast, all about Padawans this evening. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me for the first time in this particular configuration is a great group of folks, but perhaps none as great as the first host, the, the, the weary traveler, the constant rock, but not the producer tonight, weirdly enough, it's just normal-ass host Wes Jenkins! What's up, man? Hey, check it out. I'm not touching buttons today. I'm doing this all <laughs> without without touching the keyboard. What's up, everyone? I am actually in Cincinnati, Ohio for work. So um, I decided to bring my setup. I have a, a light source here that is teetering on the brink of falling, but <laughs> I had to make sure that I was, I had, you know, a good, good focal view here for y'all to see, and then a little bit of shadow on this side of the face. And the background here is nice for everyone, and the door stopper makes it for everybody to see. So, <laughs> you, you are a man of determination and set designing vigor, Wes. It is yes. appreciated. Make sure to say hi to my good friend Joe Burrow while you're there. I'm assuming he's, he's legally required to be everywhere in Cincinnati at the same time. I'll, if I see him, I'll say hello. Well, thanks, buddy. Uh, but then we go to who may be the Joe Burrow of our podcast, and if nothing else, the fearless leader of Legends Look Back, bringing some Padawan knowledge. It's Jared Mays. Welcome, buddy. Happy Monday. What's up? Happy to be here. I haven't had to touch keys in like a year and a half, ever since that episode of Legends Look Back, when the the pixels got more pixelated and my lips start talking slower and slower and so <laughs> until my computer crashed and the show went down and then i realized my computer wasn't plugged in and uh, ever since then Corey said we're gonna find you a producer man <laughs> <laughs> well i can't wait for the week when rick produces our show that is a pre-show inside joke everyone good content but the woman who is behind the keys is uh, the summer producer of the Cosmic Force over on Wednesdays, our Utini content manager, and the uh, the star of possibly your local L.L. Bean. It's Emma Parr! <laughs> Hello, everyone. I... Wait, where are the keys? <laughs> no! Oh. Who's flying <laughs> this thing? No, we're good. We're good. I promise we're good. Um, yeah, this is like, we were talking about this earlier. This is the first time uh, somebody other than Corey or Wes has produced The Living Force. So no pressure or anything, right? I feel now that we've all talked about it a lot, there's no way anything can go wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely great. not. No. Well, welcome, you 
marvelous folks. Uh, Corey and Charles are traveling for the week. Um, but at Utini, we contain multitudes. We contain so many folks, and I'm so happy to have this crew tonight to talk about some Padawans in honor of Padawan by Kirsten White dropping tomorrow, which we'll talk about here in a second. But first, I want to welcome all of you who are watching and listening. I see folks like Brandon and Stephanie talking about their Padawan copies in the chat. I hope that as you're listening, you've already received yours. Or if you're watching later, you're excited to dive in. If you're watching us on YouTube, as always, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, because we have so many great offerings on the UTNE channel. And if you're listening to an audio platform, you know, Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, we, we, we always love reviews. They really do help people find the show. So if you've been listening to us for a while and we finally became maybe that five-star product for you, tell people on the internet so they can help find us. Uh, it really does help, folks. Uh, it helps our ego. I'm not going to lie to you. It makes you feel good. <laughs> um, and speaking of Utini, I want to tell you all about some updates to the Utini site. Over on Utini.com, you know we love to send out some guides uh, to help you with your Star Wars reading. Last week, our very own Caroline published a video on this channel about the most important stories in Attack of the Clones era. And if you'd like to read that article along with links to the books, our very own Carl Sander wrote a article for utini.com that gives you all the books in the attack of the clones era are you feeling some prequel vibes you are we always are don't lie about it so head over to utini.com <laughs> check that out and tomorrow which is check the calendar the 26th padawan by kirsten white does come out and you know how we do it here at utini there will be a written review published tomorrow there will be a video review published on this very channel be sure to come See what we thought about it. Share your thoughts in the comments. And, uh, I don't know. Guys, I'm very excited because there's something special about book release days, especially in this community. And, uh, I, I, gotta, I gotta ask the four of you, or the three of you. I'm the fourth. The four of us. Um, how are you feeling in the lead-up to Padawan? I feel like Shadow of the Sith just came out. Um, it feels like it's a little quick, doesn't it? No. It doesn't yes! seem like it's a little correct, Wes. Because <laughs> I I finished Shadow of the Sith. It was a long one too. It was a hefty boy. It was a, yeah. and it, not that I knew. I didn't. I read the audiobook, I guess I got it, it, it hefty in megabytes. But um, <laughs> I finished it, and I I finished it uh, probably like six or seven days ago, and I had nothing else to listen to. So I had started listening to a non Star Wars book. Can you believe it? Because I, I didn't this think I had economy. <laughs> I don't think I would have time to to, uh, to start Shadow of the Sith over again. So, I do get Padawan downloaded probably tomorrow morning. I guess um, whenever they show it available. So I had pre-ordered it. So I'm ready. I'm ready to listen to it. Well, uh, to not a 16-hour audiobook, but I'm glad that it's a little shorter. <laughs> Only slightly. Uh, Jared, remind me. I know. You, I know you dabble in the audiobook and the physical as well. Um, are you Are you going to be Probably going audio for most of the new releases now, or are you back to physical? Yeah, it's a nebulous answer. <laughs> because, well, there's multiple factors. I'll say this much. I, I like to listen to my canon books when they come out sure. on audiobook. Because most Legends books don't have unabridged audiobooks. However, they're rectifying totally. some of that with the Essential Legends collection. I think there's two more of those coming out in August. That's exciting. Woo. Oh, wow, um, right. That's, that's next month. Yeah, I just started sweating thinking about all the work I've got to do to get ready for that. But uh, I will say I, I like to listen to the, the canon books that come out on, on audio. So looking forward to, to doing it that way, if at all possible. I'm trying to remember who's reading. 
the audiobook for Padawan. For Padawan, I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. let me check the Google when Doc I for pull the review up random that facts I wrote. that I didn't <laughs> research before the show. It's going to be a Gary Furlong, a name. Oh yeah, I, Gary. Yeah, Gary. You know, of Indiana fame. Edward, looking forward to it. I don't know, I'm sorry, Mr. Furlong. I don't know if you're from Indiana. Um, yeah, we can't wait to listen to your product. Yeah, no offense to you. I'm sure your voice is better than the Gary Indiana of audiobooks. Um, but, uh, Emma, I guess I know you've also gone back and forth depending on project. Um, where are you at nowadays? Do you like to go more on the physical new releases, feel the cover, or do you like to kind of put it on audiobook while you're doing other stuff? Mm, man, you know, I, I do a blend of both. Like, I, I really enjoy listening to it as I'm flipping through the pages because right. I can listen to it person, a little right? faster. Yeah. yeah, it is, like, the most expensive way to do it. But, like, <laughs> it, I, to me, I find it the most enjoyable. You know, you can – I listen to it slightly faster when I'm also reading along with it with my eyes. And um, I don't know. Sometimes things are pronounced strangely, and I, I absorb it better, I think, when I'm, when I'm doing both. I love that. I, do, I, I think Molly yeah. Damon does that as well, um, that, that hybrid reading approach. And a lot of folks are getting on that. Yeah. Uh, is that how you did Kenobi in one day? Yes, that is how I did Kenobi in one day. <laughs> I read it at – or I read slash listened to it at three times speed. So. I do oh appreciate 2. the pronunciations 2. in the audiobooks. That helps me out a lot. So Yeah. Um, uh, team yeah. Marky on row, though. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, audiobook listeners, it's Mark <laughs> How else would we learn to pronounce a name like Jeruis Sabayoth? Oh, it's yeah. It's, point. I oh, never would have. It's I never would have got there. Kaiboth. Wow. I'm Kaiboth all, all day long until <laughs> the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> well, however you, our lovely listeners and viewers, are taking uh, Padawan into your brain this week, I hope you have a great time. Uh, of course, head over to utn.com. Once you're done, throw a user review on the site so other people can see what you thought of it. And be sure to see if you agree with what we say tomorrow on the site. Now I want to say thank you to our glorious Patreon community over at patreon.com slash utini, including our good friend Magdalife, uh, who did upgrade to an annual patron this past week. It really does help us plan out our year. Mag- Maggie, just you've been around here for so long. Uh, we really appreciate you, uh, you know, saying, sure. I'll help these jokers out for another year. Uh, it really does make a world of difference to all of us. And to all of you that help support us, thank you so much. We hope you're enjoying some of your, of your exclusive behind-the-scenes content, including videos, including some podcasts, including early access to some shows. Uh, and as always, if you want to join them over there, patreon.com slash utini is the place to go. Yes, all thank right. you. Emma, now yes. it is time for another button because we're doing the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Oh boy, thank you for the warning. Button! Let's do it! Button! It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup! Button was pressed. Loved it. Uh, This week, my friends, the Star Wars Weekly Roundup comes to us all the way from San Diego. That's right, San Diego Comic-Con happened over the weekend, and we're not going to go deep into the Marvel panel, but oh my goodness, that was really good! (laughs) But we'll talk about Star Wars. we could. We'd be here all night. I know. We don't have time for that kind of stuff. I'll just say... uh, I cried quite a bit during that uh, Black Panther trailer. Anyway, there was some Star Wars news, starting off with another series. We don't get a lot of info about the live-action projects until they're pretty well in development, but this weekend we did find out about The Acolyte, the upcoming High Republic live-action show, because, y'all, we got a casting. Amanda Stenberg of the Hunger Games fame, of the Hate You Give fame, it was announced as being in the series with this photo. Look at that Darth Maul fit next to R2. It's iconic. Um, she seems just awesome. 
And I don't know, y'all, I, 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 I got to tell you this. I think you saw this clip. We talked about it off air. But for those listening, Amanda Stenberg did admit that she not only reads Star Wars books, but listens to Star Wars podcasts. So, Amanda, if, if you're listening, we love you. And welcome. This is yeah, cool. Yes. Thank you for listening. If you want to read a Legends book, I know a show for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> will, will you, you send go. Amanda Stenberg Legends books, Jared? I won't, but uh, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that Rick will because I sent him a whole bunch of mine. There we go. Slide Someone the, will slide send the DMs. you them, Amanda. Yeah. Um, Amanda, I'll, I will send you comics. That yes. is what I will do. <laughs> Anything you want. Uh, it's, it's so great. I mean, obviously the Acolyte being in the High Republic era is already amazing. Getting anything in that era seems cool. It's all dark side based. And we have a queer woman of color leading a show, which is great. And I'm sure no one on the internet will be at all rude about it. Um, Watch yourself. I hate people. Yeah. But overall, very exciting. And uh, it, it was just very cool to see how stoked she was about being part of this universe. And it made me feel old yeah. because I remember Rue in the Hunger Games being like a wee little child. <laughs> and now It's mind-blowing like that it's the same actress. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, she seems just so excited to be part of the universe. And, I mean, I think that there's a very, very high chance that they're listening to Higher Public – or listening or reading Higher Public books. I sure. think the chances of that are very so. high. Because yeah. they, they did mention that they've been immersing themselves into the universe mm-hmm. uh, with reading and watching things before going to bed and, like, all that good stuff. One Podcast, of us. So. One of <laughs> us. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. She's I, been doing her research, I bet. Yeah. I didn't think it was cool. People are throwing around a, a possible Keeve Trennis casting. I do think the show Ooh. technically takes place near the end of the High Republic. That being yeah. said, I don't know how, when that is. Like, we, I assume it's going to be, like, a couple yeah. hundred years later, but it could be – the High Republic could be five years long. We, we actually Ooh. don't know. Is that a sneak peek into Phase 3 or – what that would be called? Phase 3? Wave 3. Phase 3? Phase 7? Phase. <laughs> phase. Phase, okay. I'm trying but, to ride the waves and do the maths, and I'm just going to wait and see. Very excited <laughs> either way. Yeah. Yeah, this, this whole thing, honestly, I think we're all great. We're going to get to the end of this whole thing. And we're still not going to know the difference between waves and phases, and I think that's okay. I think that's okay. But <laughs> no, well, oh, you get the Marvel stuff too, which also has right. <laughs> waves and phases, right? <laughs> Nobody knows how the waves and phases move. <laughs> it gets—it's provocative. It gets the people going. Um, but yeah, as Brandon says in the chat, I love the thought of a main Star Wars actor reading the High Republic. It's so cool. Yeah. Because I mean, even that behind the scenes with you and a, a while back, um, Christina oh, Ariel yes. told him about the High Republic show, and he was like, "Oh, that sounds great." Uh, you know, clearly hadn't read it yet, which is fine. But the fact that our actors are now reading the stuff that we're reading and loving the stuff we're loving is amazing. And he he did read Kenobi. You know, he yes, said so he much in an interview. Both he and Deborah Chow read and loved wow. Kenobi. And awesome. I'm still glowing from hearing him say that. It was very exciting. It's, it, it'll never get old that they that. read this stuff and that all the people that are making this are now of the age where they grew up with it just like we did. And uh, So I loved that. Uh, but, of course, that wasn't the only reveal we got. We also got a reveal linked to a book coming out next month, The Princess and the Scoundrel, in the form of Leia's full wedding dress and Han's wedding attire as well. Uh, but guys, look at this all in its glory. This was an actual physical standee at Celebration. Um, and, yo, what do you think of uh, of the fit, as the kids would say? 
How does it look? Really, it's gorgeous. Oh my goodness. Like, I mean, come on. It is so it is so Leia, I think, to not have like a traditional Well, I mean, who knows what's tradition in the Star Wars universe? I don't know if it's, you know, wearing a white dress is tradition, but you know, if it is, I think it it's totally legends. Leia to like oh, it is in legends. <laughs> yes. Good. Well, let's go with that. So I think it's totally Leia to kind of break from tradition and go with some sort of you know, I think it looks green-ish there, like a little light green. I think her shoes are so cute with a little, like, tie kind yeah. of going up to her knee. That's so cute. I love it. I love I'm just it. glad that the Ewoks killed someone that size that was wearing that dress to have it for her, you know? I think that was <laughs> exactly. really helpful. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> right? it, it also, to me, looks reminiscent of her indoor garb, you know, oh, like yes. her, her, her strike team camo suit mm-hmm. then she has the hat That's and pulls the cracker out of the hat and feeds it to wicket <laughs> it's it, this reminds me of that which makes me excited yeah I, Han, cool. however, it's been like repurposed in a way Han cool. didn't especially dress up for the occasion however his <laughs> no. boots it definitely not like they've been shined by some ewoks saliva <laughs> oh yeah yeah, it looks I, like a slightly, saliva. a slightly <laughs> yeah, nicer leather jacket i mean it looks about the same it, it's it's just a new one that he has. Basically, yeah. right. same jacket, just a new one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like in the Force Awakens uh, when Leia says new jacket, and he said no, same yeah, jacket. Same ja- yeah, or no, j- different yeah, jacket. Same yeah, jacket, yeah. new jacket. New jacket. Yeah, yeah, I also loved his expression in this artwork because he's like, oh my god, it's Leia. She's like, he's like, oh, she looks amazing. Yeah. Like, it's really really beautifully captured. And I'm not sure. I think you all saw we posted in Slack at least, and it was on Twitter. There was a cosplay couple of old Han and Leia. That took a picture next to Han and Leia in their wedding outfits, and it was, yeah, oh, it made my heart happy. So sweet. And my favorite thing about it was Corey's reaction. Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> who is that? It's, it's, it's fictional. Who is that man? It's Han and Leia. Come on, cosplayers. It's like, dude, oh, you've been to it. two celebrations now. Those are cosplayers. Yeah. Also, <laughs> sorry, Corey, we love you, you. We love you, buddy. We love you, <laughs> yes. you dearly. If anyone's listening or watching, uh, that is a cosplayer. I know we have we have a, a great cosplay community, and if you're going to be at celebration next year couple years later here you go here's the full outfit i think that this this couple costume i think could be amazing and i i I will not be surprised if we see actual people getting married in this honestly in years to come i was gonna say i was gonna say that i am waiting for that now like having you know the groom be dressed as han Mm -hmm. and, and the bride having like a dress and shoes similar to that oh my goodness it's gonna be so cool it's amazing anything will be the sheer Staggering number of men I saw at celebration dressed in the gold bikini. Anything will be better than that. It it was an oddly large number. Yeah. Can I tell a funny story about that real quick? Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody, for bringing this up. No, no. So my uncle came to celebration the day that we were doing the panel uh, because he lives out in California and he wanted to see uh, our panel and he came with my dad. Um, and so they waited outside the room that we were doing the panel in and I went out and said hi to him and we hadn't seen each other in like a bunch of years cause we don't see each other very often. And he turns around and the first cosplay he sees in all of celebration is a man in Leia's bikini. I he immediately that. says, what is wrong with yeah, what's there? What's this there? I remember he's that. like, he's like, what is this? Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, am I hallucinating? He says it to the guy. <laughs> Just no, I couldn't hear him. Oh, okay. He asked him for a picture, though, and, and so... Oh, okay. <laughs> I have that picture. That's you how it you? changes. 
You learn quick. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> you learn quick at celebration. You do. They're yeah. so funny though. They're so yeah. funny to see. They are funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And when he Bless like took him. the picture, he like did a po- he like did a pose. It was oh, yeah, so yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe the yeah. Han and Leia wedding outfit is a better cosplay choice. Just possibly Flip-flop. if if yeah. you did that. Maybe. If you already did the gold bikini and you're a dude, maybe we could try this one now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd be down for that. I. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and it's funny because we did see – we've seen, like, the top half of it on Princess and the Scoundrel on the cover. But I, I am so glad yeah. that they let, that they did commission officially the full one. And uh, it's beautiful. And, again, as a reminder, that book comes out August 16th. Now, a couple other reveals we got uh, at the Lucasfilm Publishing panel. We didn't necessarily get more titles, but we did get more visual reveals as far as covers and artwork go, starting off with – one of my most anticipated projects of the next year, uh, the battle of Jetta audio drama by George Mann. We got a cover featuring, I believe this is Creighton son and Ada Fort or Forte. Um, those are some names. Yeah. Those are their names. Yes. Absolutely. What's funny is there will be a point in time when those names are just like back pocket for us. Oh they, yeah. They will oh, be yeah. unbelievably familiar. That's, that's wild. Yeah. This is, this is very exciting. I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I I can't imagine, you know, when we saw Rogue One, I'm like, oh, there's this cool planet that takes place of part of it, and there's a statue, that all these years later, I would be getting goosebumps over this cover for, like, the official battle that happens yeah. on, on, on Jedi. And, of course, I mean, shout out George Mann, a friend of the show, one of the loveliest people in the <sighs> business period. I, I'm so glad he got to write this project and, and see this cover that is just, I mean, for our audio listeners... You got the two Jedi up on on the cover. There's a lot of gold in it. It's very bright, which is a little surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, but like blazing. sunset colors. Yeah, yeah, kind of that ombre. Um, it's um, feel. it's lulling you into a sense of security, like things are gonna be like happy and bright. But we all know it's not. So. <laughs> yes. The look on the alien Jedi's face is not giving me a lot of security. Yeah, is that a Shizor alien? It's, it looks like Nikto, he's seen some right? stuff. Okay, the Nikto. Like Nikto. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. That's good. Yeah. It looks like he's seen some stuff. <laughs> yeah. It so never well, would have occurred to me that that the High Republic would tie into Rogue One. Like that never would have been on my High Republic bingo card. Yep. But no. it is yeah. extremely exciting. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, the possibilities are endless now. Like if they can tie it in with the uh, with Rogue One. They can tie it in with anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. And especially now that we have this, and then we're, we'll have seen the first season of Andor by this point. So, yeah. I mean, the Rogue One, the year of Rogue One is, 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 is going. Rogue <laughs> yeah, One Jared, Renaissance, <laughs> baby. Yeah, Andor starts in a month, Jared. Cut the time loop. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? We're going to be having a Star Wars show and a Marvel show going on at the same time again. So, Whew. fun. So much great stuff coming. The Battle of Jedha we got. Of course, before Battle of Jedha, we do also get uh, the High Republic comic, which is still just called the High Republic. But it will be issue one. And then issue two, we got the first cover reveal uh, by good friend of the Cosmic Force, Ariane and Dito. And this cover shows three amazing characters. uh, Vildar Mack, Maddie Cathley, and Tay Sirik. Again, like you said, Jared, we're going to know these these folks back pocket before long. And I love this because yeah. this is so peak Oreo. I mean, they all got action mm. poses and there's threat. I don't know if that's a crossbow on the cover, but it looks oh. like it oh, might dang. be. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Wow, we got the, that the is pink awesome. Leku and the bearded Jedi in the back and the purple one with the ears. And with the ears. Woo! Very ears. excited. 
His ears are awesome, oh. dude. Okay, is this this is called the High Republic number one? Oh, number this two. This is issue number two. This is, yes. This is the High Republic volume two, number two? I, I think no, technically. So yeah, how's this going, Emma? You're already expert. <laughs> yeah, so kind of. This is similar to how, like, the Star Wars runs work, right? So, like, we had the Star Wars 2015 run, and now we have the Star Wars 2020 run. So we kind of denote it with, like, With the, the year, year that it so starts So we'll in. probably mm-hmm. end up calling it the Higher Public 2022. 2022. Okay. 2022, yeah. Okay, then, so then when we get okay. to issue 22, we'll call it Star Wars 22, 22. This, these naming conventions <laughs> are... We're bordering yeah. into Legends level of <laughs> we are. naming conventions. We are. You're, you're right, though. You're right, because technically like technically, we already have a Higher Public Volume 2 uh, because it was like the second mm-hmm. trade that came out. So, so I, I think that was the Legends we'll convention that, with like, naming the, the old comics. 21? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it, I think that the Legends convention was the volumes, so that's, that's the way I think. But, you oh, know, yeah. I, I got to love some you. Star Wars convoluted naming timeline nonsense it's it, that, it's yeah. why we exist right it's, it's why we have a whole it site is. if this was easy for me it is yeah we need us uh, <laughs> but the easiest thing to do is just to go to your local comic book shop and say every star wars title just pull yeah. them and then every wednesday just go see what happens <laughs> yeah or you, you can listen to the cosmic force every week we do our weekly pull list and we talk about that's what that's issues how have I come up that day yeah. yep uh, there it is and you know what emma you're gonna be talking about another series uh, on that yes. very show from our friends at Dark Horse, we got the first cover revealed of the High Republic Adventures number one. This will be easier because it's changing publishers from IDW to Dark Horse. Yes. We got Daniel Jose Older writing, uh, Tony oh. Bruno drawing, Sav Mulligan as a Padawan or pirate. What a oh. great West! I great just cover. heard. I just heard an audible reaction. What's going on? That's there? that's an imbo hat. <laughs> it looks yes. like it, isn't oh, it? Oh, that was Jerry. Yeah. And. Uh, this the last name is in... Mulligan? I love everything about this. <laughs> Try again. Try again, Jared. That's right. Oh, I, I am the king of mulligans, my man. The absolute king. I don't I got it. golf I got often, it. but when I do, I always take ten mulligans on every shot. Good. There you go. How's oh, on every shot. Oh, every shot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Padawan or Pirate, mulligans, is that a stolen lightsaber in her hand? Well, or is that so, even a well, lightsaber? Listen, y'all. Sav Mulligan has been in... The comics before. I'm completely blanking on which ones right now. High but Republic she's Adventures definitely shown up. In, uh, it was the one on Takodana, yep. right? Seb Mulligan is the Jedi yeah. Master of the Temple on Takodana in Phase yeah. 1. Gotcha. And knows, uh, knows yep. Maz Kanata, and they're going to have adventures yeah. with Maz Kanata and Sav in this comic. I'm remembering this. Oh, dang. This. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, because yeah, I haven't heard the, much from Maz Kanata. The, the yeah. previous <laughs> series, they, they like hint, like, oh, Sav, that's a real rascal. Mm-hmm. All those things they did way back when. Wink, yep. wink. And then they say the next phase will be set 200 years in the past. Yep. We're like, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just Backstory coming. Uh, also, Edge of Balance Volume 2, the manga as well. I forgot. Yep, Sap was in that's that. That's right. I was, that was yeah. it. Yeah. So that's coming from Dark Horse. I love that cover. It's very dynamic. It's very exciting. And Dark Horse, our final reveal we're going to talk about was also from Dark Horse. This is a one-shot comic, which I was surprised about. This is not a series. Just one issue written by the queen herself, Claudia Gray, and it is simply called Quest of the Jedi. Not final art for the cover. um, Cover not final. It is, quote, inspired by Qui-Gon and the Green Knight and Arthurian legend. Um, Oh. Which is fascinating. He said legend. 
Okay. We, sorry, he I said, said the word. He said legend. <laughs> Is this uh, Morbius from from uh, the Matrix? What's the actor's name? Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Hey, Lawrence hey, Fishburne. Don't, don't you dare bring those memes into the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's Morbius. Um, yeah, I, I, I love... You know what this is giving me? This is giving me kind of those mythos Obi-Wan vibes with, like, the large cape and, like, the... Looks like a blaster on his hip a little bit. Like, I know he's probably still yeah. with the... Uh, he's still with the Jedi, obviously, at this point. But, uh, but I'm excited, and I have no idea what to expect because I did not think Claudia Gray would just be doing a one-shot. So this has to be yeah. very interesting. Is that, is that like forearm armor that I he has? Almost like the battle armor that they it had in It kind of looks like it. Oh, yeah. it does yeah. look like, like Tartakovsky That's interesting. Clone Wars armor. Yes, Jared. Yeah, Tartakovsky. Yeah. Wow, I'm, what a bingo so... card here. We've referenced Power Rangers, <laughs> Matrix, and Tartakovsky. Whew, this might be the one thing I'm most excited about out of all of tonight's announcements. Yeah. It, it... Yeah. I I have mixed feelings on this. So oh, oh. why why are we giving Claudia a one shot when she can do so much more with a series? Like that I'm a little uh-huh. disappointed. And I think that's because I set my expectations too high. Folks will ah, always preach against doing rule. this. Where's Corey when we need yes. him? Yes. <laughs> I thought maybe we would do like, you know, a mini series, maybe mm-hmm. at least. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, I think it is going to be amazing because it's written by Claudia, and I think yeah. that's going to make up for it. I just, I just hope that this isn't her only project in this wave or the next two yeah. waves. I just hope that I she's hope doing this because at New York Comic Con they will announce that she's actually writing the Bail Organa solo novel <laughs> that's going to be coming out this spring. It could happen. I mean, who knows? Could it be the size oh, of a graphic novel? Do we know? Is that just um, a single issue? It could be jumbo I, sized, like because Wes is from Texas and he expects everything jumbo. to be jumbo sized. <laughs> we don't know what like jumbo sized is. It's just everything's big, that's everything's the size, bigger, normal size. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I'm gonna guess it's like the um, like the six dollar uh, issues, like the, like an annual or something. Yeah, would be my, the, would be my like assumption. the mega issues. Yeah, like thirty two instead of like twenty four. Yeah, I, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, like, because I think if, if it was going to be a graphic novel, I think they would, like, call it a graphic yeah. novel. Yeah, uh, so that's true. normally one shot. That's true. Yeah. I, I kind of like... It's, it's interesting because, like, she keeps saying, like, oh, I can't really talk about what I'm working on. I'm like, is she really acting like this because of a one shot? Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. She's being sneaky. <laughs> I kind of like that it's a one shot counterpoint to Emma because I've got some serious, serious comics, uh, like, the the... What's the word for when you've got anxiety about a thing that's gotten out of control? Oh, I think that's oh just God. a constant state of being. A pile a up. I've got a, I've got a, a, big, a big backlog, a Back, pile yeah. up. Of, and so now I've got this anxiety of like how many Star Wars comics I need to read, mm-hmm. but I'm behind on them. Yeah. Therefore, I look at the pile of them and then go do something else because like I don't have time to <laughs> read them that's all. That's really understandable, actually. Yep, I get it. <laughs> I get yeah. that. So a one shot is like it's a little nicer. It's a lunch of, break. I can, I can do this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like it, and obviously we will be letting you all know. Well, Emma, the Cosmic Force will let you know how they like it. We may sneak some stuff into the Living Force and as well, but of course, keep your eyes out for all of these. Uh, we'll be getting more announcements at every con. Now we're in con season. Like I said, New York Comic Con's coming up, and who knows? There's just random Star Wars news all the time. But I'm very excited about all these. They all look great. Of course, in the meantime, before all of these projects, we have 
Padawan coming out tomorrow, July 26th, and we have The Princess and the Scoundrel coming out on August 16th. Make sure to get your pre-orders in, and make sure you're visiting the utini.com release schedule to get all your pre-orders in on the most up-to-date release schedule on the internet. Thank you, Frank. All right. Now, for our main segment tonight, we are talking very adequately about Padawans. Uh... Because of the self-titled book that comes out tomorrow, Padawan by Kirsten White. I thought it would be fun for us to kind of dive into the relationship of Master Padawan. It is such a key thing in Star Wars. But as I was kind of making up the outline for this episode, I realized this definition has shifted a lot. Based on the original trilogy, then the prequels, and then the sequels, and then all the books. Like, it... Each writer and creator kind of adjusts Legends? It. Legends. I mean, it's not a thing... <laughs> Until it is. Yes. <laughs> but then it only ever kind of is. <laughs> I, that's huh? it. That's the show, everyone. That's all right. Thank you. For... <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you all, um, to start off tonight's show, before we go into some specifics, uh, Jared, I, actually, I want to start with you. In your opinion, just, just for your knowledge and your beliefs, what is a Padawan to you? What does that mean? All right. I've got a very stark, distinct memory of... Driving up to a family event in my great-grandparents' house shortly after The Phantom Menace was released. And my second or third cousin, my dad's cousin's son. So what's that to me? Dad's Daniel. cousin's son. He's Daniel. Anyway. Whatever, <laughs> third cousin, his cousin. whatever that relationship is. Do I need to mention that this was in Arkansas? So that makes it, you know, all the cousins in Arkansas. Throw your jokes at me. All right, let's field them. Here they go. All right. And he was playing Star Wars out by the highway, like one does. <laughs> he, it's middle mean? of the summer. Dangerous. He's got a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got a lightsaber. Semis are just, just, just soaring by. He's got a little lightsaber. Jedi robes and a Padawan braid. <gasps> and we roll down the window, and my mom is like, hey, look, son, he's playing Star Wars. And I, I look him in the eye, and he says, hey, Jared. And I said, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I was so embarrassed for what? him wearing that freaking braid. And <laughs> since then, I realized I probably should have just played Star Wars with him and not judged him. And wow. now we have this inclusive community that is Utini, and I'm trying to wow. make like right my Star Wars ca- gatekeeping karma with all of this. But uh, Daniel, if you're out there, I'm sorry about that. And your braid wasn't cool but i shouldn't have judged you for it that's what padawans mean to me i think about my cousin with his braid i to me right, it is, is real hair was it a right. clip on <laughs> but in all seriousness uh, the the master apprentice role is a really special relationship i'm excited to talk about it i've had some great mentors professionally and personally in my life people who have allowed me to shadow them and to teach me gently sometimes they have to call me on things when when i'm out of line or to give me the appropriate criticism or correction and uh, to to develop a friendship and then eventually for those same people to treat me as a peer mm-hmm. instead of as uh, a peon is is really a beautiful experience and i'm excited to talk about it with star wars awesome Man, uh, anecdote <laughs> and answer in one. I, I thought it. you were just gonna. Wild. I thought you were just gonna <laughs> rip, rip the way he was. That he had his his dress, his attire, and a, and the lightsaber. Like he and can't have form. a lightsaber that early. <laughs> that that, <laughs> that early with the that's a Padawan. 
You're going to kill him? <laughs> I didn't accept the braids at the time. It was a lot to swallow for an original yeah. trilogy guy. Wow. Uh, I will, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll say mine really simply, and then I want to hear uh, Wes and Emma. I think for me, a, a Padawan is simply the perfect marriage between parent and teacher. Um, in, like, the literal sense, like, like educational teacher. As, like, all parents are teachers to an extent. Um, but I think that the, the fact that Jedi ch- initiate children are taken from their families and don't have that structure, I think a master acts as a parent and teacher. And a Padawan is, therefore, the combination of child and student. And when it's at its best, which we'll talk hmm. about a little later with examples... I think it is when you were able to acknowledge the emotional reliance on the master and the emotional truths, but also like the practical knowledge of learning things about the universe and learning things about how to help uh, in a more like educational way. So that's kind of what I've got. Beautifully and said. And that's a new thing too. Uh, thank you. But that's kind of what I take from it. Um, Emma, what about you? If you're thinking Padawan in the dictionary, what, what pops up? Yeah, I really like the way Jared put it, honestly. Somebody that, Making fun of kids with braids? Um, <laughs> right. I apologize. I was wrong. <laughs> I do it all the time. Anytime I see someone with a braid. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think just somebody that um, you look up to as a mentor and someone, someone that teaches you not in the way that, that – they want to teach you but in the way that you are best taught like they mm-hmm. kind of conform to how you learn i think that that's also really important um i feel like we see that a lot with like qui-gon and obi-wan like they're they kind of butt heads a lot and you know kind of have different styles of of being and i i find that one to be really interesting just because it shows that you kind of have to like adapt to each other and it's kind of more of like a uh you know working together as a team and, and not like an individual thing. Um, and I also think, you know, I feel a lot of like a lot of connection to like the whole idea of, of Padawan uh, just honestly, like with Utini stuff. I mean, I came mm. on the team, like not knowing anything and, and um, you know, getting taught like how to you know make videos and how to, you know, podcast and doing all that stuff. And, and now we're like peers, you know, yeah. and, and I think that's I think that's like, yeah, it, it's really cool concept and one that um, I think can apply to a lot of people's lives. And that's why I'm glad that we have the concept of of a master in Padawan. And I think that's it's also why I'm glad that we have a lot of like character studies, uh, you know, with masters and Padawans, the the good partnerships and the bad partnerships and what makes a good partnership and all that. And Emma, I'm now really ticked we didn't cut your hair at at celebration <laughs> I'm like right she's just like that we should uh, at the party just take off a, a lock of it man i was just at the hairdresser on friday i should have had her done that <laughs> well well hey it looks great well done um Thank you. Thank you. wes your hair is great as well um Thank you. But, up today <laughs> that's fine i know what it looks like in my heart um it's it's it's, it's thicker than you think anyway Wes, <sighs> what does a padawan mean to you man all right so for me i'm gonna I'm going to make the analogy of minor league baseball. So Master Padawan is minor league baseball to me. So you're your minor league baseball player coming up through the ranks from single A up to the minors. And um, you, 
you have the older players in AAA and AA, and you have the coaches there that have been brought down from the the majors before. They've been there. They know what's going on. So the minor league baseball player, you know he's going to be better than you, or you hope that he's one day going to be better than you and have better skills, and you're trying to pass that along. So you're trying to get him up to the majors, and then you're trying to keep him there with his skills. So that's kind of that's what I equate really the, the master and, a Pat, and Padawan relationship is you're trying to see that crossing of that crossing of learning, that crossing of knowledge pass you by, and you can see what you've taught this person um, to, to progress into, into Major League Baseball, into life. I mean, that's basically kind of what you do as a, as a parent. I'm not a parent, but Jared, I mean, and you think you're just trying to instill, like, knowledge into your children. You see that they, they grow with what you teach them. So you want them to be better than where you were. That's right, and I'm teaching my kids to like college baseball, not minor league <laughs> baseball. They are, I mean, man, Wes, I mean, metaphor aside, also no one gets paid as a Jedi or a minor league baseball player, so I think that works. Uh, <laughs> yes, <as> well. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you get, so funny. you get that great moment, which leads me to my next question about, you know, when, when, is, when is this relationship at its best, which I know, Jared, you, you had a lot of thoughts about. It reminds me of that quote from Last Jedi, right? It's it's the "We are what they grow beyond." Yes. That is the burden of all masters, which I think is as, as a person who is is not is no longer in the educational setting and is not a parent, but I can assume this is how most parents and teachers feel. Is like that is the best goal is for your student or your child to become better than you at everything you teach them because they have taken your your advice and your experience. And mm-hmm. expanded it, and then they will do the same, and they will do the same, and the lineage just goes on, which I think you can see in Star Wars, from like you know Yoda to Dooku to Qui Gon to Obi Wan to Anakin, like you see the lineages of of power and of wisdom, and I think that's so great. Um, so Jared, you know, you mentioned I want to give you the floor. Like, when do you think? This relationship is really at its best, both in actual examples we have and also just in ideas that you've cultivated over the years. Some people are especially gifted at this, and I I had some really good mentors who, like, this was a huge part of their philosophy for, like, what they were put on earth to do was to Mm -hmm. train younger people to take on the profession and uh, to be able to learn some of the hard lessons that the, the mentor had learned at a younger age and, and spare some of the, the heartache and heartbreak that's along the way. And so some, some are especially gifted at it and focus on it in particular as uh, their particular skill set. So I do think we find in Star Wars some examples of some masters who don't really want to be masters to Padawans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so there's a danger there. I think it's at its best when a, a master is willing to – kind of teach on the go like we're going to go do a mission and i'm not going to give you all the information you need ahead of time i'll let you make your own mistakes but then uh, hey i'm here to help you learn some lessons along the way and let's let's break down how this just went not to be so directive as to say this is exactly what you have to do or no you're not ready for that assignment but come with me and learn on the fly so i do this um, in ministry you know hey Let's go do this thing together, this task, this service, and uh, just just be by my side. You don't have to say anything. Just be with me and learn, and we'll talk afterward. 
And so I think learning on the fly and being able to teach on the go outside the classroom. I mean, there's how much you how much do you actually learn in the classroom, right? Right. Right. And, <laughs> and I, I love that you, that you I, I think you unintentionally slipped this in there. The the idea of, you know, be with me. What does Ray repeat in the sequel trilogy all the time? Yeah, there be it is. Me. That's be amazing. And she just wants her the masters of old to be with her as she does these things. And I think that's exactly what Padawans need. And masters need is like, listen, like you're saying, Jared, even if you don't absorb everything, even if you don't make the right decision, be with me. And I think that does apply to masters just as much as Padawans. Because as Yoda says, yeah. Yoda masters learn the most from the younglings. They learn the most from their Padawans by just being with them and observing how they learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when it's at its best in the reverse, is when Yoda is, you know, learning about Kamino and is doing everything with the, with the kids. It's like, I never stop learning, even though I'm the most powerful person ever. I love Padawans and love initiates because the next generation always sees the world differently than I do, and I'll never stop. And I think that's really exciting. And for me, that's, I think, when it's at its best. Uh, Wes, what do you guys think? When is, when is the Padawan Master really just humming for you? Not, maybe not so many specifics just yet, but ideal, idealistically, when is this at its best? I mean, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I think um, when the Master isn't, like, super preachy or, you know, holier than thou, you know. What's wrong with preaching? They don't act like they... <laughs> <laughs> They're preaching, not preacher. not targeted at you, Jared, I promise. <laughs> Poor choice of words. <laughs> um, I think, you know, when a master can, you know, kind of get to the Padawan's level a little bit so that they can form a bond, and then maybe they can, you know, sort of teach them in a more formal manner but i also think that like maintaining a relationship is important i think Mm -hmm. we see a lot throughout star wars that the masters and padawans that aren't very close um kind of do the worst in terms of you know learning from each other um which is kind of interesting to me because Mm -hmm. you know they always preach about the you know negative side of attachment however we do see that the ones that get more attached do better so i find that interesting um but uh, yeah i think (laughs) just forming a bond and um learning from each other like you guys said is when it's at its mutually beneficial relationship oh yeah yeah. Yeah. absolutely right absolutely i mean y'all y'all put it right where i was gonna say i mean where you start learning from each other um when like something happens whether it be a battle whether it be um I mean, just whether it be even, I laughed, Jared, when you said, what do you learn in the classroom? You probably learn a lot in the classroom. Where do you can apply that learning is, is, whether, is it whether you have actually taken in that, those teachings. So right. um, I think like once, like, like I said with the minor league baseball analogy, if once those paths cross, when they start learning from each other is when the master Padawan um, relationship is at its best for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that's, it's so exciting and electric when that does happen. But, of course, as as anything, the, with, the, with the Force, with story, with life, there's always balance, right? And I think that the Master Padawan relationship does also uh, have some dangers associated with it. I think that we see examples in Star Wars of Padawans that are either, um, you know, just, just constantly angry at their Masters and just constantly push, pushing against it. We see Masters that are afraid to let go. Um, and I think, you know, that's, we see that in teachers and parents as well, is that, you know, you see 
the inability to let the student, let the child explore and understand can really hinder the parent. Whereas the absent teacher, the absent master who never wanted one is also hard because then the, then the, the pupil doesn't have guidance. Um, so I wanted to ask yeah. you guys then before we get into like some really excellent ones about the dangers of this relationship, because for me, I think it's really fascinating to see the master Padawan relationship of people like Obi-Wan and Anakin lead to, okay, we're a little too familiar, maybe a little too equal. And at the end, that lack of definition of roles, maybe, uh, maybe the over-reliance on being brothers didn't help Mm -hmm. Anakin grow as a child or a student as much. And I, and I don't know, like I've, that that one this year with all the content we've gotten has really been on my mind yeah. about like yeah. should Obi Wan have been a little more parental than brother at a certain point did Anakin try to rebel a little too much or was it correct and I don't know but when do you guys think that this relationship maybe gets a little un unhealthy or unhelpful? I would the, say I, go ahead. Okay, I would say that on on one side, one example would be the master is. He kind of leaves it up to the Padawan to find their own path, but doesn't actually give them guidance, enough guidance to where they need to be. Like, what would be, mm-hmm. it would be super interesting to see Qui-Gon as Anakin's, as Anakin's master, right? Because oh, he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. he, would, yeah. the ultimate he like lets him, just lets him do his thing. And then it, Anakin does like, just has harbors feelings of his mother and then all those like dark feelings. And does that just, push him to the dark side even faster but or does it make him i I mean does qui-gon step in and help guide him out of that and or does he even think about it at all it's just that's a whole that's a whole other podcast we can make and be all theoretical of what if (laughs) qui-gon was anakin's master yeah Yeah. it is the like does the teacher actually want you just to have free time or do you they just want a movie day because they're hungover like is there (laughs) what's the reasoning behind letting the students be free you know, right. I'm a sub. I can say that. <laughs> great, great point in the chat from Stephanie Mack. Obi Wan was barely an adult and should not have been tasked with raising right. the most powerful Jedi who ever lived, and is is mm-hmm. already headstrong and difficult yeah. and argumentative, and let's be honest, annoying <laughs> as as all ten year olds sure. are. I don't care what you agreed with Qui Gon with. That promise means nothing to the Council. <laughs> it, well, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done it. Uh, but it's a great comment from Stephanie to, to point out the fact that that Obi-Wan and Anakin relationship is really complex and really yeah. complicated. Mm-hmm. There's so many levels. I think one of the big problems, and I, I deal with this as a parent, and I'm trying to work on this, is to not gripe about every last nitpicky problem. Mm-hmm. The amount – you know those, uh, those popsicles that come in the sleeves? Oh, yeah. yes. You, you know, yes. the ones that when you were the a kid, you pretended like it was a lightsaber. Yes. You yes. squeeze and them. It, and, and it cuts the side of your, your <laughs> mouth. So we got a big bag of those in the freezer. The amount of the tips of those things that have been cut off that I have found lying around my house this summer. <laughs> I just, I find them. They're under pillows. They're on the table. They're under the table. They're in the dog's bed. I mean, they're. Jared, I, but, I think I might be able to help you with that just real quick. What's I I saw not long ago on social media that you're just supposed to take those things and snap them in half. 
and they yep. <laughs> you're not supposed yep. to bite the ends off or any of that. No and way. You're just, yep. they're, they're, you you do frozen, wield? You just snap them in half. This is life-changing. Yep, you do wield. That's it. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm, all right. Uh, cut away for somebody else for like 30 seconds. I'm going to go grab one of the freezers. <laughs> no. Here's my point. Okay. What was my point? Okay. Uh, yeah. I can't nitpick at my kids with every last one of these freaking yeah. things I find lying around my house. Because I have a responsibility as a father that's more than just nitpicking for their little um, slip-ups, right? Right. They've got to mm-hmm. learn patience and love. I've got to be firm and yet also gentle and fun but also serious. It, it, somehow all these things, and that's in so many ways what a master has to do for their Padawan. That's a good point. Uh, I think at its worst, that Obi-Wan-Anakin relationship, the beginning of Attack of the Clones, I think, is a great example of the worst of that relationship, where Obi-Wan is nitpicking at Anakin over everything. Yeah. Everything. And it is infuriating. And you're like, yeah, no wonder this guy's about to have a psychotic break. And then attach so um, head over heels fall in love with the first person who shows him any kind of affection. Yeah, <laughs> Because right. at that point in their relationship, Obi-Wan was uh, was not cutting it. No. And I think that's a real um, <laughs> negative aspect of that relationship, a pitfall, is to try to correct every last misstep. Yeah. I hmm. I, I, I love that. And honestly, and honestly I, want to, I want to take that as a segue into... Our, our next bit here, which is, which is a homework assignment, speaking of teachers. I did give uh, – everyone had an assignment this week to pick uh, what they think the epitome of a great master Padawan relationship is. And we all took this in a little bit of a different direction. And uh, I'm going to start off with the one that I chose. If you've been listening to the show for a while, this probably won't be a huge surprise to you. Um, <laughs> but the idea of not nitpicking letting the Padawan evolve and, and doing things on the go, everything you're saying, Jared, really resonates with me because that's exactly how I see this relationship. And the the folks that I chose, uh, yes, Justin, it is yeah. Loden Great Storm and Bell Zetafar of the High Republic. Um, are my favorite Master Padawan duo, shown here as illustrated by Jake Bartok, uh, one of the greats. Uh, I absolutely love his art here. Um, but first appearing in Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, what I love so much about this Padawan and Master relationship is Loden's attitude towards Bell. Um, because you never question that he sees him as a student, sees him as a learner, but he has so much joy with teaching Bell, and he has so he so clearly reveres when Bell makes a discovery or where Bell does something great, and they and he still has enough tongue in cheek uh, to allow them to have fun together without ever sacrificing the obvious dynamic of master and Padawan. And obviously, later on in the High Republic, they are separated, and and you feel the intensity of their loss for one another. Um, Loden is missing Bell. Bell is clearly missing Loden. And I think that how much they miss each other is such a testament to their bond as well. Because, you know, when you when you love someone when in a personal, professional capacity, when they are separated from you or lost from you, then you really kind of have a unfortunately deeper understanding about what they meant to you while they while they were there. And I think that Bell's continuation of his own training and of the lessons that Loden so clearly taught him really showed me what a special bond they were. Um, so to me, the two of them, 
are so key. I'm not crying. You're crying. I it's 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 just <laughs> it really hits me, man. And I think that yeah that, that you know to have a teacher or a parent that believes in you the way Loden believes in Bell, I think is so special. And I think that's why Bell is such a strong character in the rest of Phase One. And um, yeah, these guys when we when we first came up with this episode, this was this was the absolute one for me because if if every Padawan master could have that kind of relationship and the learning that Bell and Loden have together. Uh, Jedi being a pretty great place. So that's my choice. It's a beautifully... They get such baloney that we didn't see more of them together. Drew it's baloney, a beautifully written relationship. Baloney. The, yeah. the, I wanted to say another word, but... The whole <laughs> jump off a cliff thing. I mean, it's so well done. <laughs> like, it yeah. is Go, jump. so well done. Go I'll, and, and because if it wasn't okay. if it wasn't written well, it could have seemed like mean or even like abusive. But it, yeah. de- it never seemed yeah. that way. Yeah, which is good. And, and and also to have a teacher that always looks at Bell and is like, you know, what is like when when they save the compound and Loden's like, hey, you know, what do we say today about danger? What does the what does the force tell us today? Like always using lessons, but in a fun way to keep things light, but also to keep things impactful. Like it's it's really a. Uh, a testament to the writing of, of Charles Soule, especially like that you could get that good of a teacher, which makes me think that he might've had a really great teacher in his life, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's a good point. You know, he did cause he rocks those cardigans. Oh yeah. You know, he got that from <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> a Mr. Rogers type of cardigan. Oh yeah. You don't just mm. get those. That's a teacher. So what if we see that in, in phase two, like a cardigan, a cool cardigan. On no, t- you're right, exactly. I feel like yeah. in the Mandalorian, I mean, like like the like the like right, the like the cardigan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we yeah. can absolutely do that. I could dig but it, but no, like what? Like what if we see? What if we see like um, Loden and his master? Like that'd be cool. Oh yeah, I don't know how old he is. That's I don't know how long Twi'lek live. I don't know. That's right. If you huh. slice off the brain tail and you measure the rings, the brain <laughs> tail. So you're, so you're saying Marky on Row would be able to tell how old Loden is because he absolutely uh, did. Oh, buddy, I can feel that. Yeah, I can feel that. So those are my like guys. Uh, Wes, I want to go to you because you took this in a completely different direction. Of course, I uh, did. With a very <laughs> un, uh, very surprising, but also not at all surprising pairing. So who who did you get for your master Padawan relationship here? So I did Obi Wan and Anakin. Now I don't know if y'all, I'm just not kidding. in the outline, buddy. <laughs> so my master in Padawan um, that I wanted to explore more was Lean Costana and Sifo-Dyas. If y'all have watched awesome. before, I'm obsessed with Sifo-Dyas because they don't talk about him enough. Um, but <laughs> so Lean Costana was like obsessed with finding Sith artifacts, and the Council kind of thought that was as a little risky um especially by taking on padawans but um with the with Sifo-Dyas uh as her padawan um this is all that the the choosing of who the padawan was uh from Lee Costana was in uh Dooku Jedi Lost mm-hmm. and it was uh Dooku that thought he was going to be Costana's uh master but in the big swerve, she selects Sifo-Dyas. Um, so one of the things that, that really caught me um, to, to, choose this, uh, to choose this relationship was Lean Kustana was, uh, she knew about uh, Sifo-Dyas's um, force visions or his, um, and she, 
and she like encouraged him to look for those, even though she knew that the council would probably look against that and have him not do that because that's very, very dangerous. It's put Pat to the dark side. So um, she didn't tell the council, and she encouraged it, and she also took him on quests where he was he was able to use his force visions, and they saw um, various things that had like there was one um, where she encouraged him to open his mind to the cosmic force, and he had seen a planet basically engulfed in flames, and it before it even happened, and she encouraged him to to keep pursuing that, and then um, this is when he started getting those those force visions that they were like migraines almost. Yeah, um, yeah. Where he would just fall to the ground and he would start convulsing. Um, but she would she would always encourage that because the force vision was something that I believe that what she thinks would help the the Jedi and and the the people of uh, of the galaxy in in the long run, right? So yeah. she didn't think that it was going to be something that this was ultimately going to send him to the dark side. He was going to be turned into a Sith or anything like that. But this particular force power is something that was going to help the galaxy. But it was so frowned upon by the council, she wasn't able to open up and tell many people about it. So like the encouragement, but also having to like hold back and not say anything to your higher ups or to your peers even because she was on the council and. One of the things that, that floored me was I, that Sifo Diaz was on the council too, just for a short time until they found out about his uh, his force visions and they told him, "You're out of here, buddy." Yeah. <laughs> to have a master, so they found out how weird Nertek. he was. Yeah, he kept she kept Link Astana kept secrets, and yeah. that's something that like you can, I feel like you could trust your your master in that way. But like if you had, like, would you? How, would you trust her fully because she's not telling like they're higher ups or if that's the thing that that caught me off guard a little bit when I was thinking about it it's like yeah yes she's keeping my my keeping my force power a secret but should she be telling like if I was if I was younger and a pattern I'm like thank you for not telling anybody you know but yeah when you get older you're like maybe somebody should have known because they could have helped me a little yeah. bit better it's like that cool English teacher where like the student's like hey can we just talk as like this, he's like, yeah, yeah. And they just like are the confidence. Promise me, promise me, I won't get in trouble. Promise me, you won't <laughs> yes. get me in trouble. You won't send me to detention. <laughs> well, and I think that's an interesting thing that we didn't quite touch on in the earlier part of the episode was the 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 master as confidant. I confidant. love that. Thank you. Like, like, thank you. Yeah, the yeah. I there is there are things that a pat on will tell their master they won't tell anyone else, and there is something so special about that. And I think every parent hopes to have that trust with their child, and then some teachers, to an extent, hope that if students are having issues, they come to them. But with Saifadias and Kastana, that is so fascinating, because we really don't see anything to that level anywhere else. Because, I mean, that changed right. the, the galaxy. And she was all, she was also, like, a a mentor to Dooku, but not really a a master to him. Like, because right. while... While Yoda was teaching was teaching Dooku, she was also there, kind of nudging him along with his, with his, uh, with his force powers too. So she was kind of yeah. guiding him a little bit, but she was doing the same with Sifo-Dyas, which was pretty interesting. I imagine yeah. you talking about this story is what a lot of people must feel when I talk about legends, because I <laughs> yeah remember. <laughs> Next to nothing about it. And it's fascinating and great, right? So. Duke yeah. and I lost. So we've hit a couple eras now. Mm-hmm. We've hit the High Republic era. We've hit the pre-prequels era. 
And now Jared completely turns to 180 and yeah. takes us to a totally different era, buddy. This is a Not great Not just pick a different message era, but a different universe. <laughs> yes, completely. <laughs> Entirely. <laughs> but we're going to talk about surprise, a very familiar surprise. character. But not one that I bet many of you ever would have thought about as a Padawan. And that is Leia Organa Solo. You say Organa oh, or her. Organa? I say Organa yeah. myself. Organa. Organa. Yeah, me too. Organa. 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 That's my... <laughs> anyway. All right. So for a long time, she gets a little bit of Jedi training and then gets caught up in politics. You know, has like a whole universe to run. So hate it when that happens. <laughs> doesn't have time for the Jedi train. Does a little bit, I think, in like the the Thrawn trilogy, if I remember correctly. But it, similar to what happens in in canon, goes more of the politician route. However, always has like a little bit of Force sensitivity, some Jedi skills. A couple of times in Legends, Luke's like, Leia, you've got to complete your training, and she's like, Luke, That's a good Mark go, Hamill. Go, thank you. <laughs> You ought to hear my Dave Filoni. It's bad. It's, it's very bad. So she, for 20 years, is one of the top dogs in the, what, the like chief of state or associate chief of state to Mon Mothma in leading the entire New Republic. Then has kind of done that. And Luke is restarting a Jedi Order, and so she finally completes her training and it's fun to see what different authors will do with this and so there's this one author troy dinning who um in legends legends fans consider his books the dinning verse because it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing <laughs> snyder verse <laughs> exactly he does his own thing and uh, you love it or hate it and uh wow. it, his stuff is super brutal and action-packed and there's lots of if you if you like it when Star Wars characters lose limbs, you'll love the Dinning books. Fair, <laughs> fair. So this this relationship that I'm going to talk about is from some of the least loved Legends books. Say that five times fast. However, it's a great relationship. And I think the fact that these books are so dense and difficult is one reason why people don't really get insight into this relationship. Because Leia is apprenticed after having failed at being Luke's apprentice. Could you possibly learn Jedi skills from your brother? No. As an only child, no. I assume not. <laughs> Seems it doesn't work. <laughs> so you know what? Luke pairs her with a reptilian Jedi master, a Barabel mother of her hatchlings. And yet, like, Luke found her as a Force-sensitive Jedi. That's the cool thing about Legends is you'll go to this obscure part of the galaxy, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, look, there was a Jedi out here all alone all this time. <laughs> Come on over to the temple. You can bring all the – oh, you've got students too? Good. We need more characters. Please help us repopulate the galaxy. So then by the time you get late in Legends, there's all these Jedis running around. You've got Jedi masters, Jedi younglings. The middle ones, teenagers, you know, they're everywhere. Um, middle ones. But Luke trains some, one. but he doesn't train. Luke only trains like half of them. The others, they're out there doing their own thing, learning the Star Wars ways uh, on accident, just like Luke did. All that is to say, her master, we have a photo of her, Saba oh, yeah. Sebatine. Saba yes, Sebatine is. Saba Sebatine, yeah, wow. Is Leia's Jedi master. They are both oh, adults. Boy. And that's what makes this relationship so weird. Yeah. And in the audiobook, she kind of has this smoker voice. Like um, friggin' um, like, so like good, Roz Jared. from Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Um, so Mark, shout out to Mark Thompson. Very very much uh, Roz meets a Trandoshan. 
right? So wow, Love it. it's it's kind of similar to book. skier. Yeah, I, it's it's sim- it's like a Trandoshan. She's a bearable, um, and as such, is super brutal and like eats the flesh of her enemies and is no nonsense, but also sarcastic. It so has this unorthodox teaching style that works with Leia. Doesn't try to teach her at all like Luke had tried to teach her. Like, follow the rules and be a goody two-shoes and drink your hot chocolate like me. Instead, she's like, <laughs> Leia, would you like to eat the flesh of this villain I just killed? You know, and so... What? Yeah, 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 you know. Dennis and, and then she says... And then, let me guess, she says something like, no, I'm like a vegan. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> For sure she is. You know it. You know it. And so... It, here's the cool thing. What they have in common is they're both mothers. So they have both oh, had cool. – they've got the shared bond that runs deeper than the middle-aged man and the teenager. That is, I think, how a lot of us think about uh, a master-padawan relationship. It's a totally different spin on it, and it is beautiful. Part of it is because the relationship is, like, one of the shining things in what is otherwise a very bleak trilogy, commonly referred to – the Darkness trilogy – Commonly referring to as the Bug Books, which to me is – that's canonical. That's how we refer to that trilogy. They are the Bug Books. Wow. There you go. Saba wow. 17 and Leia Organa Solo finally becomes a full-fledged Jedi in the Bug Books. Wow. I, I, I love that because there's such a cool idea of – like adults learning from other adults – I feel like yeah. is is frowned upon stupidly in society because we all assume, okay, once I'm out of college, I'm done learning and no one else can teach me stuff. And it's like I learned so much from folks my age or older or, frankly, younger all the time that are adults. Like there's no reason you can't learn from someone that's had different life experiences than you or like this, more training. Like that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Uh, a totally different species. Um be open to new ideas and different kinds of people. And yeah. Leia is a pro at that because she's a diplomat. Yes. And um, what's amazing about this is its representation. I think Legends gets frowned upon for its, you know, this, that, or the other. And yeah, sure. really so sometimes we, we uh, had Emma on the Le- Legends Look Back last week and talked about some uh, toxic masculinity and sexism in a Darth Vader comic that we read. But just otherwise a great comic. This right. is cool, though, because it, it is representation. It's a, it's a mom – who takes on a new career path yeah. as hmm. middle-aged, you know, midway through life. It's like, you know what? I did this. I'm going to go a new direction now. I've got a different calling. Yeah. Uh, a mom who is learning as women learning from women supporting women, you know, and it's uh, reptile females. Um, it's, it's cool to see after the kids are out of the house. Well, of course, yeah. they've been out of the house a lot because Leia's <laughs> doing important things and her kids are all Jedis, but... Yep. <laughs> you get the picture. After the kids are out of the house, I know a lot of women who then take on a new career, go do something yeah. new uh, after their – a lot of parents who do. So this is a, a cool spin on that. Gosh. I love – I love that. I love like – God, we, we could not have picked three more different <laughs> groupings, no. which is so great. And then, of course, Emma, bring us home here. I mean, we're, we're going four for four here. You want to talk about another yeah. completely different – Yet maybe slightly more traditional pairing, but also completely not traditional at all. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. for reptiles. Please have reptiles. <laughs> no reptiles. Oh. Um, I feel like okay, this one, this one I think is a really well. Oh. I haven't seen anyone say it in the chat. Actually, I was going to say it's super common choice, but now I don't know. Um, I chose Anakin and Ahsoka. Love it. And there's oh many God, reasons I that, that I love this 
relationship. Um, I think that this is one of the rare instances where we see Padawans and and Masters kind of grow together. Um, I think we don't get to see enough of the same um, Master and Padawan together for a long period of time, seeing how they grow together. Yep. And that's one thing that I really cherish about their relationship. Uh, hang on, we got a spammer in the chat. Oh one my minute. gosh, the spammers tonight. <laughs> I I Can't you see that we've got... I thought I did too. Star got Wars him. to talk about here. Time out. Got him. <laughs> Go away. Okay. Go away! <laughs> Okay. I already know Chase where out. the best okay. love chat XYZ adult dating site is. Thank you very much. <laughs> and they <laughs> just got audio their listeners. ads. Do you so. eat this on Mondays? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, okay. you got this. Resetting. Go. Okay, okay. So I, th- I think being able to see Ahsoka, so she is, you know, what is she, like 14 when they meet in the Clone Wars? Something somewhere like around there. Um, and we get to see her all the way to um, the Siege of Mandalore with uh, with Anakin, where she's older. I can't remember her age off the top of my head, but she has changed a lot, and Anakin has changed a lot, and they've changed each other a lot, because Anakin acts differently in her presence, and Ahsoka acts differently in his presence. But I would say that they for the most part, are good influences on each other. Like, I mean, yeah, they get into some mischief and, yeah, sure. and all of that. But but <laughs> I, I think that, you know, Anakin is, is kind of quick to anger and jealousy without her around. And they kind of ground each other, um, even though I know that sounds like totally backwards. Because, again, <laughs> like the whole mischief. But, yeah. but they really do. I think they ground each other and, you know, they clearly care for each other a lot. I think that this is... It, it was hard to pick this one, to be honest, because I was like, "Oh, it ends tragically, though." Like, but I don't, I don't think that that was because of Ahsoka. Honestly, I think you know, I, I think the Clone Wars uh, season seven, specifically the Siege of Mandalore, I think it made us all um, wonder about a lot of what ifs. Like, yeah. what if Ahsoka had contacted Anakin before he, um, you know, went off to Mustafar, like they were supposed to? Yeah. Oh, yeah, would that have saved him? Oh, and I truly boy. think it would have because she is such a grounding presence for him. Anakin would die for her. There's, yep. there's. I, I believe that there are three people in the world, in the galaxy, that Anakin would die for. Padme, obviously. Obi Wan, I think that's pretty obvious too. Yep. And Ahsoka. Yes. And I, I just think that it's a, it's a special relationship that I don't, I don't think goes too far in terms of their <laughs> attachment. But I, I think that he's he also does a good job of, like, teaching her in a practical way. Like, bringing her on missions, getting her hands dirty, letting her lead her own mission and things like that. I, I think all of it is so great. And I, I think that they're a, a great example of what teamwork can do in these pairings. And, and I think even though it ends in tragedy, I do think that it's uh, all around successful. Because look at what Ahsoka goes on to be in life. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not a perfect teacher to her, but he is a very good teacher to her. And you yeah. see him really developing as a human. <laughs> he's become so much more emotionally capable yeah. than he is in Attack of the Clones, you know, as we develop through the Clone Wars. And then when she's ripped from him and that trauma he experiences with that and then the the pain and anger and resentment disillusionment he has toward the Jedi Order brings oh, you right back to the place where yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, he's totally going to go dark. Yeah. And How many lies have I been told by the Council? Like, yeah. She's the one that sets but, him off. But otherwise, uh, <laughs> he was becoming, with Ahsoka, he was really benefiting a lot from having been her, 
her teacher. Yeah. yeah I, and, and I also want to point out, too, that um, this is one of the few Master Padawan's relationship that, that actually work out when, despite the master not wanting a Padawan. Yes. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I find that really interesting I, I, because I think Anakin needed it, whereas, like, the other masters that take one on that don't really want one, they do it because they, they feel like they're obligated to, whereas Anakin yeah. actually learned something. <coughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I love them for that reason because also their, you know, their power structure is so interesting. In the Clone Wars movie where we see them meet, like, he is so against it, and she's like, you're stuck with me, Sky Guy, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then she is the one, at the end of it especially, who is never afraid to call out Anakin on something. And it's never in a disrespectful way. It's always right. just in, like, hey, I care about you. I know you. Heads up. You're doing this. Or, like, this is wrong. Like, how could you be in favor of this? And I think that's also a really interesting part of this master-padawan relationship is a padawan that reveres their master but also holds them accountable for the person they need to be, mm-hmm. which I think for any student or child, you know, as you get older and you have more conversations with your parents or teachers on more of that equal ground, it gets harder and harder if they say something or do something and you have to be like, hey, maybe I don't agree with that. Hey, maybe mm-hmm. I'm not that. And I think Ahsoka is such a great model for that about still being respectful but being like hey i'm not just a child anymore we've been through war together like yeah this is wrong and she's, and she's tutored this. by plo Koon and obi-wan and yeah. captain rex as much as she is yeah. at least combined yeah. yeah in a similar you know adds up to a influence kind of like anakin and so she's got these other outside influences that counterbalance and help give her more perspective it's just a great all-around example of of a padawan just being a sponge and then growing beyond where they started. Oh, yeah. She's a mega that's, sword that's a of education. Nips and Sky Guy kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a great point that, like, it's it's important to not only have that one singular teacher, but also have other good influences around you so that yeah. you get to yep. build other relationships and get to learn, you know, other techniques and styles and sure. ideas. Like, that is also super important. Two of my greatest up. mentors are arch rivals. Yes. <laughs> so, which is awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's right. also not Both only is that true. not only is that like the the makeup of grad schools, but it's also the makeup of the Jedi Temple. <laughs> like the fact that the Padawans, when they're learning, yeah, you have your master, and that's who you go on missions with. But you're taking classes with Yoda. You're meeting other masters. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're. I think that's also why you know, at least most university scenarios are are structured like that is that you have multiple people you teach from and pull from. So ideally, once you leave and ascend to your own university graduate or Jedi Knight, like you have taken the best lessons from every person you've ever known. And I think we should all be so lucky when we get old to, you know, look back on our lives and be like, I took the best lessons from everyone I ever knew. And I hope that I gave some of those lessons back to the people that I met. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful. Just- and that is beautiful. Eric, gee, stop it. And, and even before they, they progress into graduation or being a Jedi Knight, I mean, you're also trying to teach the people before you or below you, um, like as in the, the Clone Wars episode where they go to, uh, was it Islam for the... Um, Ilam. 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 That's Ilam a religion. For, um, that's, a, that's a religion. <laughs> Islam? <laughs> <laughs> where they go Ilam. to Ilam for, uh, to find their... Um, their Kyber, Kyber crystals. crystals. Sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're great like, at Star she Wars. Sat there. <laughs> she sat there with Yoda the entire time and just let them yep. run off. And 
she helped, you know, yeah. guide the way a little bit, but she was in there learning from Yoda as well. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, as we kind of come to, to the end tonight, I think it's, it's so, it's so interesting that a series that began in the seventies and eighties with, with, you know, one Jedi and then one teacher and all these things that now this 45 years later, this idea of teacher and student is so important and has gone through so many iterations, as we showed tonight. Four completely different relationships, but all, four completely legitimate, equal ideas of how to learn. Um, I think it's so great that Star Wars has taken that up because, like George says, these are a lot for kids. Like, kids read these. Kids learn these. And I hope that a kid can maybe see some of these Padawan relationships we see and be like, oh, that's the kind of Padawan I want to be. That's mm. the teacher I have. Oh, you're my Yoda. You're my Plo Koon. You're my scroll, scroll, scroll. You're my Seba Sebathine. Like, you're, you're, you are you <laughs> yeah. are that to me. And Rolls off the tongue. Seba Sebathine. It, uh, <laughs> it works great. Um, but as we, as, we, uh, as we come to the end here, I want to give you all one, one more chance. Let's go around the horn and kind of say – of, of Masters and Padawans, what do you think is the most important thing about the Master-Padawan relationship now, looking back on all of these re- examples we've, getting, we've given, and what, do you, what have you, I'll, I'll put us on the spot, what have you as a person learned the most from your own Master or Padawan? Jared, I want to start with you. You've had such good mentor talk this whole time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. This one wasn't in the notes. Nope. I love this. <laughs> Welcome to Living Force, baby. <laughs> patience. Patience is so huge. Oh, sure. Uh, I love that scene at the beginning of Luke's time on Dagobah where Yoda is being a little gremlin. You know, <laughs> where he's banging on R2 with a stick. <laughs> oh, give it back. No, that's my it's cracker. My dinner. You know. <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine. And uh, Luke is like, I'm fed up with this. I want to go home. I came here to learn from a Jedi Master. And then Yoda <laughs> goes, ah, it was me the whole time. <laughs> and I just remember the first time I saw that as a kid, I thought, oh, he's in trouble now. <laughs> and so Luke doesn't have the patience. But then, like, later on in that the training montage, Yoda loses patience with Luke for being such a bozo. Yeah. Luke is ready to go off on his adventure and save his friends. And Luke is right. And yet Yoda's also right. And it's such a dilemma, and that's the moral gray area of, of Empire. But Yoda gets so fed up with Luke's not a good apprentice. He's too impatient. and He doesn't have enough faith to rise the, the X-Wing from the swamp. And so, you know, Yoda eventually has to learn that he still had some learning to do. You know, he needed to be able to learn from Luke. Luke really tested his patience. I think that with the... The master Padawan relationship, it takes a lot of patience to teach these younglings who are still have so much to learn. Their brains are still developing and, you know, all mm. this good stuff. Um, you know, for me as a father, I'm just always having to take a breath and smile and enjoy and realize that they'll learn from what I have to say. They'll learn from especially repetition, but they're also going to learn from in hindsight – how I handled myself when things were at their worst, and so um, I think patience is is the biggest the biggest factor. Mm, love that, Wes. How about you? Um, so mentors in my life, I've had like I've had a few men- mentors where I was the mentee, I guess, but not 
Not one in a sense that has hit me as much as Utini has, um, as being sure. open, open-minded um, with like other people's feelings and how they have they've come from different parts of the world and they have different experiences and that's how I've learned um, to be open-minded to different views and different experiences and I think that's one of the things that a master and Padawan's relationship is is when you look look at Anakin Anakin has um, he has kind of a demeanor to where he is he's always right he wants to be the best at absolutely everything but don't have to always be the best at everything, and that's what kind of what Obi Wan was trying to teach him, um, and to also be mindful of the living force. Um, but you know, I think that being looking through the eyes of others, whether it be um, your mentors, whether it be your friends, whether it be um, other other masters, other like other Jedi Knights, other people that you see, gets. The more experience and the more information that you can grab from other people who have taken a different path than you um, will help you be a more rounded person, a more rounded Jedi, a more rounded master, um, and a better overall... Preach. Um, yeah, a better overall mentor to somebody else in the future. Awesome. Excellent. Emma, how about you? Yeah, I think, um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned from Ahsoka is... Just to, to not be afraid to, like, speak up for yourself. I think she does that a lot. And I think that's really important to... Um, that's an important lesson to, like, to teach kids and adults, honestly. I mean, we all need the reminder sometimes. Um, not only speaking up for yourself, but not to be afraid to do it, like, no matter who you're speaking up to. You know what I mean? Um, it's okay if you're speaking up for yourself with your your master or your parents or, you know, whoever. Uh, and, and I think that that's a really good lesson. I think the other thing I, I really have learned from her is to be open to learning new things and um, always just kind of keep an open mind about, um, you know, different people's ideas and knowledge and that you don't always know everything and it's okay to learn things from other people. I love that. I Oh you, man, Eric? yeah. Uh, I I think for me, I, I you know I think about Loden and Bell. Um, you know, slight spoiler for the higher public phase one. It's been months. You get it. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm sure nothing mix- bad happens in that. I'm right? sure nothing I- bad. Uh, <laughs> it's a mixture of that, but also of of Luke and the Last Jedi, with no one's ever really gone right. And I think that one of the great things about a good mentor and a good parental figure teacher is that whether they're gone from you because they've passed whether they're gone for you just because you've grown apart is that the lessons that you learn from these people are not and i think that no matter what age you were when you learned them it those are part of you forever and i think that's really something beautiful that i've tried to keep with me that even if there's some people i don't talk to anymore or even if i feel sorrow because there's some people that i would have liked more time with the lessons they taught me and the person that they helped made me are continuing. And the way that I live my life and the way that I try to be a better person based on their teachings to others is them continuing. And I think that's part of the beautiful part about mentorship and family and, you know, teachers and students is that whoever you speak to, you are honoring the legacy of the people who taught you of every Mm. master of every parent. And that is, 
why you know we always talk about legacy in Star Wars. It's not only based on blood. It's not only based on force sensitive or not. Every person that met every other person in the galaxy carried on their legacy, and I think I've tried to honor the legacy of those that I love and care about that taught me going forward. And I think that that's a beautiful idea that we are all going to affect everyone we ever meet. And we couldn't have done that without our teachers and our masters. So, um, yeah, I mean, I love that. This went to some deep places. Yeah. It's, it's kind of beautiful that again, this is a saga of, of space wizards and blaster fights and starships. And tomorrow there's a book coming out about Obi-Wan and he's a teenager and there's some fun antics, but there's such great life lessons that we all learn every week, every month, every year. And to all of you listening, all of you watching, uh, you know, I know this universe has touched you or you wouldn't be here. And I think that's a really great way for us all to just carry it on in our lives and why this community is so beautiful. And, uh, you know, we're all each other's masters and students. We're all learning from each other every day. And I'm very blessed to, uh, to have all of you to teach me every day. So beautiful and the lando books every time that uh you know what i'm about to say every time his droid buffy raw calls him master it's like an inside joke but it's the worst one ever in the history of star wars every time his master every time the droid buffy raw says to to lando okay master thank you master or shall i go over here master lando turns what's he say wes you remember I don't remember what he says. He Every single time, he says, don't call me master. Don't call me master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, it might be in these three books a thousand times. So you said, we are all each other's masters. I, I'm i so immersed in it's, this it just Legends keeps book. poking him. Master? Hey, master, I, I, I need to go in. Master, I, where are you going? Master? <laughs> I almost just called, said that to you. Well, of course, for more of that, you're going to hear about the Legends Bridge to the Finish uh, before we get That's out right. of here. Because... Again, Emma, Jared, thank you guys so much for coming on. I love thank whenever you we can bring. So much. This was this Definitely. was truly. I loved every thank second you. of it. Uh, Emma, fun. Wednesday evening on the Cosmic Force. Uh, what are you guys bringing up? Yeah, this Wednesday we are talking about our favorite Star Wars comics of all time. So, Ooh. if Whoa! Uh, it's going to be a big episode, yeah. So if you haven't listened to, uh, to, I mean, if you've listened to like all of our episodes, you kind of generally know our favorites, um, just because we throw them out here and there. But um, I'm really excited to hear Timothy's favorites and um, just kind of get them all in, in one episode. So that'll be really good. And uh, oh, fun. yeah, man. this episode has been a lot of fun. Checking it my hit calendar. me a little harder emotionally than I thought because I'm about to graduate college. So I'm like, oh, this oh, is yeah. hard. But yeah, it's I good. remember when it's you good. started college. Fun. I, I can feel my gray hairs <laughs> growing as we speak. Well, well Emma, I mean that—that's like that's the crazy thing, though. Like I look at you guys all as like you know mentors to me. Like I have literally I met you guys like my first year of college, and now I'm like about to graduate. It's full circle, you know. It's it's really beautiful, and I, and I'm so glad that in the midst of all of this, I'll be able to hear you talk about your love for Shadows of the Empire on Wednesday, and I think that's really what matters. <laughs> that's um, right. <laughs> you know, that's one on my list. <laughs> Uh, it's on the list somewhere. That's right. That's right. Uh, Thursday evening. For legal reasons, that's a joke. For legal reasons, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> hashtag uh, Prince Jesus. Uh Jared, yeah. Thursday, let's look back. What are you guys covering? Yeah. Uh, don't remember. We're doing something. But next week, the week after yes. that, we are going to have Corey on for our 100th episode of wow. Legends to Look Back. 
our one hundred episode. We have finally arrived from a certain point of view because we're not counting bonus episodes yeah, or audio only. It's like <laughs> proper episodes of one hundred, <laughs> and I don't know for sure. But I'm pretty sure this is Corey's Legends Look Back debut. I think it is. That sounds right. He might have been on one other, and if so, it was recently. Wow. But yeah, it didn't count, because we're going to have Corey on for a Corrin Horn Spectacular. Uh, No, it's it's not, but that's what I'm telling him it is, and so I'm uh, waiting to see how nervous he gets. And uh, close us out of here before the bots take us down. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm so excited for that. Uh, and then I'll, we don't always do this, but I'll give you guys a sneak peek uh, next week on Living Force. Uh, we would usually do our Shadows of the Sith roundtable. Charles is on vacation one more week, so we are pushing that until the first week of uh, second week of August, August 8th, <laughs> for Shadows of the Sith. But next week, we are talking all Star Wars romance. We're going into a little preview of Princess and the Scoundrel. So lots of good UCD content coming your way. Uh, but in the week before all this... If you have a mentor, or you have a Padawan, or anyone you've learned some lessons from, let them know. Let them know that they've affected your life, and uh, I'm sure they'd love it. I think it's really important to let people know that they've affected us when they have. Because uh, though no one is ever truly gone, it's always nice to tell them why they're here. So, on that, everyone, that will do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you so much. You are the reason we're able to do all of this. And a special thank you to Brian Julie, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier, Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Charles is at C. Hanko. Wes is at Boss West. Corey is at Corey M. Helton. Emma is at Irma Jedi 26. And Jared is at Jared Q. Mays. I Good job. Yes! Excellent. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer, Cincinnatian, and community manager. <laughs> thank you to Wes, Emma, and Jared for potting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out, masters and padawans alike. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you. Always.